welcome to the Skin Series. I'm Danika. And I'm Haley, And we're here to chat all things skin. As clinical naturopaths and corneotherapists, we want to share our knowledge and passion for helping people heal their skin conditions in a holistic way. Join us for a deep dive into debunking beauty myths, how your gut, hormones, diet and lifestyle factors influence your skin and our unique philosophy on how to care for your skin topically. As always, this advice is general and not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before beginning any treatments. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 9. In today's episode, we'll be talking about dermatitis, which has been highly requested episode, so I hope a lot of you enjoy this one. We'll be discussing the different types of dermatitis, what can cause it topically, the current conventional medical treatments, and also how we like to treat it in clinic. So this episode will focus on the external dermatitis causes and treatments. And in our next episode, we will be interviewing our clinic naturopath, Melissa, to chat with us about how she likes to treat dermatitis internally. But first up though, Haley, how are you? And do you have any recommendations for us? I am really good. Thanks, Danika. Um, yeah, so one of my recommendations or something that I've been trying to implement um, more into my weekly routine is getting outdoors into nature before and after work. Um, I'm pretty good at doing it before because we're I'm very fortunate to live across the road from the beach. So um, especially during this nice um, summer period, it's been nice to get into the ocean and I like to take my shoes off and I live next door to a park. So get some grounding, which is essentially just connecting your feet to the earth, which helps to reduce uh the static electricity that builds up in our body, um, especially because we're around so many uh, gadgets and technology, technology and Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. And yeah, so I've been doing some more kind of later night walks and getting down to the beach once the sun's gone down. Um, and I've been finding that's been a nice little kind of circuit breaker between work and home time as well. Yeah, I think that's really beneficial Thing for people to do kind of just like separates your work time to your relax time and yep. kind of puts that little boundary in yep definitely and my yeah. dog likes it yeah <laughs> he's, he's he's lying with us he's right, right next to me holding my hand at the moment so, um, so needy. <laughs> uh, how are you Danika? I am really good um I do have a confession though did something naughty last week did you I did so I'm smacking myself on the wrist for doing it. I went to an event. I won't say what it was, and I won't say what brand was was um not promoting it was uh sponsoring, sponsoring it. it sponsoring that's, it. That's a bit boring. You can't give us the huh? <laughs> Um, but they were giving out free sheet face masks. Yeah, right. Pretty sure you've seen them before in the supermarket yes. and. I, even with all the stuff that I know, I thought, oh, you know, what, what can I do? I'll just give it a, give it a go. Bad, bad idea. <laughs> what happened? I saw you the day after. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell everybody. My skin almost like bubbled up. So I had these, it, had, it almost like rashed up and I had these like white, like little pustules coming out of my skin and my skin, I woke up at 4am the next morning after using it and my skin was on fire. It was horrific wow yeah wow wow yeah so <laughs> i think my skin is now so used to such good products mm. that whenever 
crap goes onto it now, the immune response is so quick. Yeah. And it was, it, it just showed me like, yep. you know, it, it reinforced for me yep. how, you know, bad, how different stuff can be on the skin. So definitely. So you won't be making that mistake yes, again. Yes. Never again. Um, but yeah, my, okay, my recommendation for this week, um, me and my partner are trialing no TV in the week. So mm. we've done it for a week already. How are you going? <laughs> really good, actually. Yeah. I thought it would be really hard, but we're just finding other things to do. So yeah. like we've been, you know, having longer dinner at the table. We've been playing card talking games. To talking other? to each other. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having conversation. Um, yeah. Reading books more and going to bed earlier yeah. because... Yeah. You kind of you're not stimulated and staying up super late. Mm. So I felt that my sleep has got way better and nice. I'm just feeling more productive in the day. So Amazing. If you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut or anything, which I was um the past few weeks, I feel like that's a bit of a shake up and if you're having any problems with sleep, I definitely recommend it. It feels scarier it sounds scarier than yeah. it actually is. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, Oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? But yeah. like because watching TV is such a habit. You oh my gosh! Of, and you that's def- your that's your go to. You know yeah. when you're when you've come home from work and you're tired and you yeah. just want to switch off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's great. I definitely want to start implementing more of that too. And I always, I'm the same. I always feel so much better when I get into bed early and read yeah. a book and have the have such such better sleep. Hundred percent. It's like nine day different melatonin. Yeah, definitely amazing. Cool. Okay, so let's get started on today's episode. So what exactly is dermatitis? So dermatitis is a general skin term for inflammation in the skin. So derma means the skin and itis means inflammation. So it can present as red, so we call it erythema on the skin, um, inflamed, hot, flaky, raised bumps. So these can be papules or pustules. It can also be itchy as well, and the skin can have a tight feeling to it. Yeah, so there are a few different types of dermatitis. So the first one is eczema, and this is typically found on the body and larger parts of the skin. And usually eczema presents when people are a baby or as a child, but adults can still get eczema as well. So typically we see this um, in the flexor regions. So behind the knees, in the creases of the elbows, it can be very itchy, irritated and inflamed. And why someone might be presenting with eczema, it could actually be a genetic predisposition. So these types of people can have an atopy presentation meaning that they don't have a great capacity for making a good, strong, healthy skin barrier. And it also means they can be more sensitive to environmental factors such as allergens. So when someone comes into the clinic and they're presenting with eczema, I'm usually asking, well, did your parents suffer from eczema? Because if you've inherited a faulty gene, um, it just means that that particular gene doesn't allow you to make a nice, strong, healthy barrier. So kind of working out where that's come from. And again, if someone has is presenting with eczema, um, I'm always asking as well, do you suffer from hay fever or asthma? So usually there's a triangle atopy presentation and these types of people suffer from eczema, hay fever or asthma. Um, They don't necessarily have to have all three of them and they might have these different conditions at different times in their life. 
The next one is contact dermatitis, and this is typically found um, on the hands or the ears, and that can be an allergy to nickel or latex, um, particular types of jewellery, typically found on people um, who have certain occupational triggers, such as copper, excess water exposure, um, cutting up fruit, things like that. So I actually used to work um, in a juice bar many years ago, and I had my hands constantly in water all day and I was cutting up the fruit and then the acids from the fruit disrupted the pH on my skin and I ended up with really severe hand dermatitis. So it wasn't very fun. Mm. <laughs> Do you know how I resolved that, Danika? Go on, tell us. <laughs> I just um, switched roles. <laughs> so I started working on the checkout till instead and kind of got away from having my hands constantly in water and acids and um, just because I, I am that atopy presentation. So I'm someone that had eczema as a child um, and I also suffer from allergies too. So- And if your occupation can be contributing yeah, to yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. Change your occupation. <laughs> yeah, change your occupation, just change your job. Easy, done. Um, so I see hand, hand dermatitis on hairdressers because they've got their you know, using chemicals and dyes and things all day, um, jewellery makers, and then, yeah, food handlers, and there's probably the longest Bartenders. Bartenders. Getting alcohol in your hands all the time. Yep. Cleaners, if you're not wearing gloves. Cleaners, yeah, people that come yeah. into contact with um, chemicals and so on. So there's always ways that you can kind of minimise your exposure if, if you're choosing to stay in that profession as well. Yeah, we're not telling you to quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> and when I'm seeing hand dermatitis... Even on an energetic Louise Hay kind of level. Um, if you don't know who Louise Hay is, look her up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, <laughs> she's pretty, amazing. She's pretty amazing. She kind of links physical ailments to things going on. Okay, so there are a few other types of dermatitis. So we have diazodrotic dermatitis. So this is if a person sweats a lot. So if you get clammy hands, if you're in a humid climate, if you're prolonged, um, if you have prolonged exposure to water, you can get vesicles on your hands. So these can be really itchy and uh, can kind of be raised on your hands, little raised vesicles. Yeah, they're um, like fluid, fluid-like mm. sacs on your hands. So if you pop them, it'd be like fluid, water. Yeah, it would come out. And yeah, can be very itchy. Yeah, yeah. So we've also got neurodermatitis. So this is the most itchy extremely itchy and this is triggered from a nervous system response so high high stress we see these people that can get neurodermatitis so this can run along your temples and on your body and we often see people with neurodermatitis can have a particular lenience toward a personality type so these can be common in people who have a lack of flexibility a dependency on other people very dutiful people so a mantra for you, if you have neurodermatitis, would be, I go with the flow of life. I am brave and strong. Nice. Um, and one of the most common presentations we see in the clinic in terms of dermatitis is perioral dermatitis. The big one. The big one. <laughs> <laughs> so this can be red inflamed bumps that run along the nasal labial folds. So they're the creases between the nose and the mouth. 
And, you know, why is this area such a common area to get dermatitis? Well, in fact, we actually have more mast cells and mast cells are our immune cells in this area. So if there is, let's say, internal gut inflammation or poor diet or stress or improper skincare, um, this can trigger an immune response in the skin and it can disrupt the acid mantle of the skin. So it typically goes to this area as well. And remember, our acid mantle is a mixture of sweat, sebum, lipids, and also has that beautiful ecosystem of microbes. So if we disrupt this acid mantle and all of our microbes, then neck minute skin condition. <laughs> Do you like that one? <laughs> I know in the past, when I have had perioral dermatitis, I've had it a few times in my life, it's usually in a very, very stressful period for me. Like I've been overworking i haven't been looking after myself i remember the last time i had it was in 2020 so a couple of years ago and i was in the first year of my business and i was working you know 80 to 100 hour weeks i was eating on the go i wasn't getting much sleep um crazy woman crazy yeah 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 and then it was that sign perioral dermatitis on my face and that's really was like okay my body's not happening it's trying to send me a sign so I just booked myself into a two-day retreat <laughs> and, you know, took a step back and took a bit of a deep breath and it helped me to kind of reassess. And then when I got back from that trip, I kind of put some um, things in place so that I wasn't working as much because we shouldn't kind of sacrifice our health for our work. Definitely. It's a good tip. And did your dermatitis resolve after you did that? It did. It did. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously changes in my skincare as well. Yeah. But that started that kind of healing, healing process. Healing process for sure. It did help massively. And I think, you know, probably 95% of the, our clients that come in with perioral dermatitis. <laughs> it's a mouthful. We questioned them about the time that it started to come up and was there any stressful event around that time? And yeah, I'd say 95% of times they're like, oh yeah, that was when I was moving house or that was when I broke up with my boyfriend or lost my job. So yeah, if, yeah. yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Always, if you've got a skin condition, think back to when it started. What were you doing around that time? What was happening in your life? What was going on emotionally for you, physically for you? Did you move house? Because that can start to kind of get to the cause of what was triggering that certain skin condition mm -hmm. you know stress is a is is a big thing that we always delve into with our clients particularly because it blocks certain important nutrients for the skin like omega-3 and 6 zinc magnesium b vitamins and they're all required in healthy functioning skin and you know if we've got a lot of stress this can actually alter the ph of the skin typically making it more alkaline and then when we're stressed we release that stress hormone cortisol which in too high amounts can actually have an inflammatory response in the body and in the skin and it can also impact how our skin cells communicate with one another so as I said before, whenever I get dermatitis, it's always a sign that I need to slow down. I need to reassess some things. And yeah, I guess that's the beauty of skin conditions. Mm. It is that signal, that little orange light going off in the car telling you, all right, there's something internally not quite right. Yeah. Um, but we're going to chat more about all the wonderful internal things that yeah. we can help with um in our next episode so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that is there any other areas where that kind of peri oral well, not obviously around the mouth but like those that kind of same presentation is there other areas that can turn up 
Yeah, so there's something called periorbital, which is pretty much the same presentation, a very similar presentation, but it's around the eyes. So sometimes people get perioral, but then they also get periorbital as well. On the eyelids, I find a lot of clients get kind of eczema on their eyelids, and that's that yep. is kind of where it presents for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Doing you know a very similar treatment in the periorbital area as we do as we do for the perioral area, and then there's also something called periorofacial dermatitis. So this actually is um, a cluster of pa- um, paleopustule things. <laughs> Bum, like bumps, bumps yeah. um, so a pustulary looking presentation. It can be very burny, and it can all sometimes get mistaken for acne. So we want to make sure we're identifying what that is, rather than putting anything that's going to be helping acne, and then it ends up making it worse. Yeah, I've seen some clients who thought their perioral dermatitis was acne because it was presenting yeah as those little kind of bumps around their mouth, and they used a product containing salicylic acid. So this is a beta hydroxy acid and it made it worse so even though salicylic acid is so beneficial in treating acne used on the wrong condition which is the dermatitis it can really exacerbate it so also using things like vitamin a and vitamin c they can be too overstimulating on a perioral area too so a lot of skincare ingredients won't work well with perioral so it's best to reduce as much as your skincare as possible and just apply very gentle ingredients also really important just to maybe see a professional to get it looked at so you can determine whether you're treating acne or dermatitis because yeah if you're using the wrong products you can make things a lot worse yeah they're two different skin presentations and they require different nutrients and different approaches so um you don't want to be crossing over yeah Yeah. but it is tricky because they look very similar in some some instances yeah yeah and there's also um what i've kind of found in clinic um, even a differentiation between perioral dermatitis and sometimes it can be a dry dermatitis or a wet dermatitis so usually someone coming in with a dry dermatitis uh, they usually have a lipid dry skin type meaning they don't produce enough good fats in the skin again they can have that atopy presentation so they can suffer from asthma and allergies alongside it Um, Or they might be someone that kind of has a poor histamine clearance as well. So um, an overactive immune system. Um, Usually a dry dermatitis presents more so in winter when there's less humidity, humidity in the air. Or there might be someone that's, you know, getting treatments, harsh and abrasive treatments that's not right for their skin type, um, leading to dermatitis. So sometimes things like IPL and chemical peels and microdermabrasions for someone with a lipid dry skin type or a sensitive with a sensitive skin, um, try and steer away from those types of treatments. Usually I'm kind of seeing people with a dry dermatitis presentation in terms of personality characteristics they might be lean they might be a little bit flighty they might be a bundle of energies um, nerves Um, they're kind of more the nervous system sensitive nervous system type people Um, they might suffer from anxiety um, and panic attacks as well wet dermatitis doesn't look as dry and flaky it's red raised bumps can have a little bit of a sheen to it and this is more so a yeast overgrowth in the skin Um, and it can be it can present as a little bit itchy as well so again working out okay is it dry dermatitis or wet dermatitis because we will treat that a little bit differently as well and then i thought i'd just throw in um seborrheic dermatitis which is found in the scalp so if you suffer from dandruff and a really 
really itchy scalp. Um, this can be seborrheic dermatitis, red inflamed presentation. And the cause of this is the Malastasia yeast, which we've spoken about on previous podcasts. For that, I usually love recommending uh, a little apple cider vinegar wash. So get a, a spray bottle, fill a quarter of it with apple cider vinegar and three quarters of it with filtered water. And then you're just spraying into your scalp and kind of massaging into your scalp, you know, ideally before bed, because it's a little bit smelly. <laughs> Getting clients to do that a couple of times a week because apple cider vinegar helps to make the skin more acidic, which is a good thing and can help to rebalance that skin microbiome and it's also an antifungal so it'll help to reduce that malastasia overgrowth mm -hmm. and also using a like a natural shampoo that has some zinc perithione in it yep. can be helpful as well yep. um, we sell in our clinic bondi boost and yep. they have that in their anti-dandruff shampoo so that's also a really yep. helpful yep. treatment too yeah and also just checking your shampoo and conditioner because mm. if you're using shampoo and conditioner that contains emulsifiers and parabens and perfumes that can be irritating your scalp and disrupting that microbiome on the scalp as well so we always give shampoo and conditioner recommendations um, to our clients as well okay so what can contribute to dermatitis from an external perspective so using the wrong skincare is a big one that i see as a trigger to dermatitis using products that are too alkaline or have preservatives in them can disturb the skin's microbiome, which we've talked about, which can cause an overgrowth of bacteria. So also using products that are not suited to your skin type and condition as well. So if you have a lipid dry skin and are using gel-based products that are targeted at reducing oil production, this can lead to a reduction in free fatty acids, which are really important for a strong skin barrier and to prevent bacteria overgrowth. Um, this is the same for products that are heavy duty exfoliants like AHA, so think glycolic acid, citric acid, lactic acid, um, abrasive manual exfoliants, and emulsifiers which are found in makeup removers that strip natural oils from the skin and they remove skin cells before they're ready to shed. So this can trigger an immune response and can lead to that inflammation and dryness that we see with dermatitis and eczema. So knowing what condition you're treating and what skin your skin type is, is super, super important. Um, the environment can also contribute as well. So being in a really cold or windy place can dry out the skin, which can lead to barrier damage and an overactive immune response. So most people find with dermatitis that it gets worse in winter and better in summer. Uh, so that's why it's important to alter your skincare with the seasons to support what your skin is needing at that time. Yeah, and also, you know, spring can also be a time for people that are more prone to allergies as well and their perioral dermatitis can flare. Well, their dermatitis or eczema can flare. And that can too. also be because we've gone through winter, their skin has had three months of really drying out, yep. and then all of a sudden we go into spring and our barrier's impaired and yep. we're getting all these allergens and yep. our skin is just not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you just live in a bubble from winter <laughs> to spring. Don't leave the house. And then come out in summer. That's that's But just changing your skincare over winter. Like yes. I think a lot of us stay use the same stuff all year round. Yeah. But that's you know, if you do have that lipid dry skin type, you need to be upping your, you know, moisture moisture. And yeah. fats. Yeah. Yeah. In winter. So what's actually happening to the skin when we have dermatitis? Um, so what we're seeing is a breakdown of your skin's defenses. Remember our skin's there to protect us from the outside world. So first of all, your barrier is impaired if you've got dermatitis. So again, that 
amazing roof analogy, mm-hmm. tile, <laughs> tile saying roof analogy we like to use. Um, y'all got tiles missing from your skin roof. So your barrier is now compromised. And again, it's allowing those allergens, dust mites, bacteria to enter the skin. And then all of a sudden your immune system goes, What's, what the hell is this doing in the skin? Let's launch an attack and get rid of it. And that causes redness and inflammation and irritation within the skin. Another thing that's happening is though that glue that holds that those skin tiles together, um, that starts to break down a bit too early. And that can lead to premature skin flaking and a buildup of skin cells. So that kind of congested texture feeling you might be feeling. Yeah, that can that can be a thing. And we also see a loss of water in the skin. So um, if you don't have tiles on your skin roof and you don't have um, a good fats covering your skin, um, then you're going to be losing water through through your skin. And that slows down cell to cell communication and obviously causes dehydration as well. So and- with those binders, sorry, with those binders um, breaking down plus the transepidermal water loss, I see a lot of people who have this almost dehydrated oily feeling on their skin because they're feeling dehydrated because those binders are breaking down and they're feeling a bit congested but then they're losing that um, water so they're feeling like they're oily as well so if you're feeling like your skin if that kind of resonates then that's telling me that your barrier is impaired yeah and a lot of people go oh if a lot of liquid dry skin types go oh my skin's congested i must go get a exfoliant and and scrub the crap out of my skin until it feels softer no you've actually losing too much water from your skin your skin cells aren't shedding correctly um so instead of them kind of you know, floating off your skin and dropping to the floor. Mm-hmm. They're kind of half, they're half they're dislodged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we want to go back in and repair your barrier, put a nice oil covering on your skin, trap in that water content and get those skin cells shedding correctly and that's what's going to reduce your congestion. Yeah. So it's a lack of water in the skin, not, not necessarily a deficiency in exfoliation and that feeling can take a little while to change as well so if you're you know using a new product you're like oh my skin still feels congested if you're using the right products that are going to be actually training your skin cells how to refunction that can take about a month to to sort out so sometimes a couple of months depending on how um what state your skin's in Another thing we're seeing is, again, disruption in the skin's pH. So usually with dermatitis, your skin's too alkaline. Um, And if your skin's too alkaline, you don't have that acidity in your skin that's helping to reduce any kind of pathogenic bacteria or fungal overgrowth. So we want to bring your skin back into a nice, slightly acidic pH. And then we're also seeing disruption to that microbiome too so usually in my dermatitis eczema clients there's an overgrowth of staph aureus and that's kind of the bacteria that's causing causing a lot of the issues and if there's too much of an overgrowth of staph aureus on the skin then that can lead to staph infections so again kind of getting on top of your eczema and dermatitis is really important because you don't always want to end up with a bad staph infection either Mm. And then, yeah, essential fatty acid deficiency. So some people don't produce enough good fats. And, you know, those good fats in your skin cells, they eventually come to the surface and form that healthy lipid covering, trapping in that water content. And we need good fats for 
cell to cell communication. We need good fats to line the um, cell membrane or well, they're part of our cell membrane. And we need good fats to reduce inflammation in the skin as well. So if you can't produce enough good fats internally, then one, see a naturopath, but then also let's get some good fats into your skin externally as well. Mm-hmm. Bake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then over time we're seeing a thinning of this epidermis, so those top three layers of your skin thinning. And that can be, again, genetics, so you know, blame your mum or your dad, or overuse of harsh and abrasive ingredients um, and doing certain treatments that aren't great for your skin either. Mm-hmm. So what skin types are more prone to dermatitis? Yeah, so again, we're going back to that atopy skin type, so that genetic makeup passed down from both one or both of your parents. Lipid dry skins, we usually typically see people who are lipid dry. Their genetics might be... English, Irish, Scottish heritage, but not always necessarily. Some people have something called a filigrin gene deficiency, which means the skin doesn't produce filigrin proteins that provide a strong, healthy barrier. People with an impaired gut microbiome, and again, we'll talk more about that in our next episode. And then fun little fact is people that didn't have siblings or pets when they were younger were less exposed to a diverse bacteria and had more chances of having eczema and dermatitis. Very interesting. Which is interesting. So get a pet, people. (laughs) (laughs) Or someone with a really active nervous system that's very sensitive to stress. So usually overthinkers, sensitive personality types, people that are you know, a bundle of nerves, mm-hmm. um, people that suffer from anxiety as well. They're, they're the types of people that we see with dermatitis. Not always, but but mainly. Yeah. Okay, so what are conventional treatments? So we've got topical steroids, um, antibiotics, both internally and externally, um, petroleum-based products, bleach baths, uh, UV therapy, and antifungal treatments. So like the apple cider vinegar that Haley spoke about. So they're the main conventional treatments that we see. So... How do we treat it topically? So first of all, we want to identify what type of dermatitis you have um, and also what are your particular triggers and what could be the cause of that dermatitis. And if we identify the triggers, then removing those triggers as much as we can. So that could be incorrect skincare, that could be incorrect treatments, that could be, you know, a very dusty house, whatever it may be. And then we provide a customized skincare prescription that's suited to your skin type and also your dermatitis presentation. And we, you know, our motto is we go low and we go slow because we really just want to drip feed nutrients into a really impaired barrier because we don't want to overstimulate it um, when it's in a kind of sick and unhealthy state. And we really want to provide a fat-rich barrier um, whilst your skin roof is repairing. So making sure we're getting some nice essential fatty acids back into the skin. We love using a particular serum active called Boswellia. So it's a really powerful anti-inflammatory type serum and it's full of essential fatty acids. We also use another serum active called LCP, which is really rich in linoleic acid, azelaic acid, 
and phosphatidylcholine um, and we also use oleogel for barrier protection and that kind of acts as like mimics like your barrier and it traps in that water content so then over time that water increases your skin roof repairs um, and it will reduce that periole dermatitis the dermatitis presentation and we always want to get water back into your skin and I don't mean like going and putting tap water on your skin that will have the reverse effect we have these really cool masks called epinovel masks and they're essentially just cellulose and water and we get clients to pop that on the areas of dermatitis um, and they can do a couple of hours a day for you know it might be a week it might be two weeks and I find that has a really powerful result on dermatitis we always simplify again that person's skincare routine to not overwhelm the skin a lot of the time I see clients coming in going oh I got dermatitis and I just stopped using everything and I'm like great cool that's better than using lots of things that might be stimulating it but then going in and going well there's actually things that we can offer that you can be popping on your skin externally to really speed up that process i also love adding topical probiotics into skincare to help rebalance the skin microbiome and that's something that i can chat a lot more on in another podcast episode for my full body eczema clients or people that might be going through topical steroid withdrawal i love a dead sea salt bar so you can order these online and i usually get them to do one to two cups of dead sea salt and then i also get them to add one to two teaspoons of apple cider vinegar into the bath and that's just amazing for helping to reduce the itching sensation reducing the inflammation and also to kind of prevent that staph aureus bacterial overgrowth as well so all my clients love doing that usually get them to do it before bed especially if they're prone to itching when they get into bed that really just helps to soothe and calm the skin for an hour or two and that gives them enough time to get to sleep led is another awesome treatment um, that helps to reduce inflammation and improve the immune system but not at home leds not at home leds LEDs. not the masks they're cheap and they can yeah they can be dipping those um led face masks can be dipping into uv range which we don't want so we want to make sure it's a really good quality led machine at a clinic and yeah again getting 20 minutes of uv exposure that's really important and that can help to reduce bacterial overgrowth and increase um, your skin's immune system and making sure when it comes to water the less water you have on the skin the better um, so just lukewarm showers um, and try not to yeah be exposed to that so much and i tell my clients that have baths you know just keeping it to maximum 15 20 minutes and then getting out and then just if you can try not to scratch your skin as well that will cause a ripple effect of things happening within the skin with my perioral dermatitis clients as well i'm always questioning their toothpaste because if there's fluoride in your toothpaste or nasty things in your toothpaste that perioral area is very close to your mouth so we want to get you on some non-fluoride based toothpaste so again we stock these in clinic as well and things like changing over your laundry powder as well if you're someone that's suffering from full body eczema so there's just a couple of things that we do to help treat it topically i'm sure there's more things that we do too which will come off in further episodes um, but i hope that kind of gives you guys a bit of a summary on what exactly dermatitis is what the types of dermatitis are 
what can be causing it as well, what kind of personality traits we typically see in our dermatitis clients, and then what's actually happening to the skin as well, and things that we can do to help approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing us that episode, Hayley. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so if you have any questions about dermatitis, just send us a DM because then we can answer them in our next part two of dermatitis in a few weeks. Yeah, it's really exciting. We're going to be covering, you know, all things internal, what's happening internally when people suffer from eczema, dermatitis. Um, so I think that will be really, really informative as well. Yeah. Okay, well until next time, healthy skin is always in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to our Facebook page, The Skin Series, or follow us on Instagram at theskinseries underscore pod to join the community or ask us any questions. We would love to hear from you. See you in the next episode.